You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's time for the World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup, and it is on. Hello guys and welcome to World Arm Wrestling League this week. I'm your host Neil Pickup and it is post 5.02 showtime. Show number 6. Lots to talk about tonight. Lots to talk about. What a card. 5.02 had it all. Twists, turns, controversy, some great arm wrestling, some upsets. We'll be speaking to the people who played a pivotal role on the table in this week's show. So who we got on the show, fat lad, I hear you cry. Well, new middleweight sensation, Mr. Paul Lynn, will be joining me once again. How impressive was his performance in Baltimore? How impressive was his arm in Baltimore? Mother Fluffer had four arms like cow's back legs. Paul Lynn will be with us on today's show. Controversy. Love it or hate it? You got a massive spoonful of it in WL502. The lightweight hammer match was controversial. And like my old grandpappy used to say, there's always two sides to every story. Well, we got both sides tonight because Harris and Hale are coming on the show to tell us exactly what went down from their perspective. From my perspective, what I've got a problem with is what didn't go down was Jeff Hale's arm. That blows. And not in a good way. Anyway, all in good time. All in good time. We'll get to that later. Who else we got? We have got Matt Mask. The Wild Horse is back on the show. Todd Zilla, Todd Hutchins. Wow. Were you a believer in the power of bald men? If not, you bloody well should be. Todzilla is bald, has massive eyebrows, and is as strong as Popeye's pig. Todd Hutchins will be joining us on today's show, fresh from breaking in the wild horse. So there you have it. And in the words of my smiling wife, my god chubby, we'll never get it all in. So without any further ado, we should crack right on with it and welcome my first guest of the show. It is an honour to welcome... The debutant who was victorious at 502, it's Mr. Paul Lynn, ladies and gents. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul Lynn is on the line. Paul, what a way to kick off your WAL career, mate. Oh, you must be buzzing. Oh, yeah, it was a ton of fun. The whole everything involved was just a great experience. Uh, couldn't have gone, couldn't gone any better for me. You look shockingly large. Your arms looked absolutely massive. I think you're very, very suited to that weight, mate. Did you feel like? Because I know uh, the last time we spoke, you said that when you pulled before, I think it was in the pound for pound. Mm-hmm. You were both weighing like two twenty around there. Yes, sir. 
Now, yeah, that, that was a sloppy 220 for me, for sure. <laughs> did, did Paul feel more suited to that weight? Was he better, bigger? Did you, do you think um, the sort of going... Because the reason I say this is people have told me before when they go up weight and then come back down from that weight, despite the fact that he used to pull in the lightweight class, did you feel that, that he'd lost a little bit on the cut for this one? Did he feel weaker than he did last time? Uh, I think so. And it's, I, I, it's hard to say, you know, if it was, you know, just my hand feeling a little bit stronger, this, this go at it. But I think, I think um, him at 220, he felt hand wise, he just felt stronger. One of the things that people said was a governing factor the last time yourself and Paul Talbot pulled was the strap. Now this time around, different set of criteria, you were pulling in a fairer strap with the World Arm Wrestling League. Did you feel that impacted the match made a great deal of difference? Because, I noticed you did drop uh, the second round. Right. So, so yeah, I, you know, I lost the coin toss and uh, so had the, had the buckle first. Mm -hmm. um, so I was a little, you know, little, little worried about that. And I, I told Max and some of the other guys in the interview that like, you know, this, this first round is going to be really important for me confidence wise. Um, so I, I think I was able to negotiate the setup pretty well in the first round. And I kind of, I kind of felt good on the start. And I was able to pull that first round out, which gave me a lot of momentum coming into the rest of the match. And in the second round, I didn't have the buckle and uh, got into a very controlled situation and waited just a little bit too long, um, you know, trying to trying to bleed the match out a little bit and, and mm -hmm. make the third round easier. So I think I think early on, had I really committed hard to the pin, I might have been able to get it because yep. I was wasn't a good a good strap set up in a good position and and i yeah. waited too long and, and credit to paul talbot i mean he's just a warrior he oh, drove he? forward <laughs> he came to the front of the pad and when i went to pin him it was right down there at the hand like a hairline close to a pin and i was like oh man i don't think i can unlike, do it <laughs> yeah unlike 99.9 percent .9 of arm wrestlers would have been like you know oh it's gone at that point when they were not told but paul is an absolute warrior and he's from viking stock that dude isn't he there's yeah. no doubt about it. i mean i think the thing i think there's a combination of factors for me actually there as well it looked like obviously paul's complete tenacity was a key factor because he's like you say one of those guys that once he gets dug in into that spot he is very very hard to change the mind of the other thing i think there is that he sort of went to the bank on that pin it was, yes. he gained, but he also lost. Because in the third round, uh, you could see that he was just absolutely damaged. I mean, right. he, he he was torn to pieces. I think you must have done quite a lot of damage to that wrist and hand in the in the second round. Because there was nothing there when you hit the third round. It looked like you had you, you had it all day there. There was no resistance. Right. I went back to my corner and, and, and Dave Morocco was, you know, he was kind of trying to like uh, focus me in and, and you know, and, and get me back on track. And, and, and at, at that point, I felt I still felt very, very confident, even going back to the buckle side. I didn't feel like that match took a lot out of my arm. Um, I, you know, I wound up getting pinned, but it didn't. It wasn't one of those things where I tweaked anything. I felt like I couldn't pull the next couple rounds. So yeah. I still felt I still felt to be in a good place. When you look at the way that your career is moving forward, I know you're hungry for action. You're hungry to get in the mix. Where's next? Where do you logically think you'd want to go next? I'll pull whoever. Um, I don't necessarily want to give myself my own direction. I'm mm -hmm. very happy with the World Arm Wrestling League and the powers that be um, providing me that direction. At, at this juncture, I'm just willing to be a good soldier and pull who I have to pull next. 
Paul, I know that um, you will get a shot very, very soon, mate. There's so many exciting matches for you out there. I want to say congratulations. You looked outstanding. What a, what a tremendous debut. Right. Thank you so much, Neil. And thank you to the World Arm Wrestling League, Steve Kaplan, and everybody for giving me a shot. I really love where the league's going. I love the, uh, the some of the announcement that, that Steve made. Uh, we're going in an incredible direction. And anything that I can help in this process, I'm glad to do so. So if anybody else out there that's listening and wants to get involved in arm wrestling, you can just contact me on Facebook or Instagram, and I'll pipeline you in with a with a team near you. Uh, I'm just really excited where I think this league is taking sport. Great to have had Paul Lynn back on the show. And what an impressive performance in Baltimore. You do wonder, who's next for that man? Where will his focus be now that he's kicked the door off the hinges of his World Arm Wrestling League career? The focus of our show, however, moves swiftly on to the lightweight hammer match between the challenger Jeff Hale and the hammer holder Sam Harris. Harris came into this match as many people's runaway favourite. The evolving, ultra-impressive lightweight hammer holder had already beaten Hale in their first meeting. However, the Hale Razor had assured everyone prior to this match that he was in a very different headspace and was bringing a very different level of strength and focus to Baltimore 502. On the night itself, in round one, Hale made good on those comments by blazing through the champion in the opening round. It was immediately following that super successful start that things began to get a little messy, particularly in the setups. The simple, efficient start that we'd seen in the opening round was apparently a thing of the past, and a new wave of complexity seemed to wash over the match, with Hale and Harris fighting tooth and nail in the grip, and it did seem like Hale was getting some rough calls, being continually penalised for not keeping his elbow down, when it seemed extremely evident that Harris was loading hard off the centre before the start of the match and literally pulling Hale up in the air. Despite the issues in the setup, however, Hale went on to set the hook one more time and battle to the pad to take a 2 0 lead and be on the very brink of walking out of the building with the hammer. The drama in the setups, however, was far from over, and you've got to give credit to Sam Harris for going into overdrive in terms of the gamesmanship and competitive nature that he brought into the match at this point. Impressively, Harris showed a calm demeanour and managed to battle back to 2-2, leaving us on the precipice of a phenomenal, enthralling final round to decide who left Baltimore with the hammer and the title of lightweight champion of the world. Unfortunately, the fairy story was not going to play out tonight. Inexplicably, Hale received two fouls in the setup to the match and went in with one foul remaining. Then, as the man from Tulsa, Oklahoma managed to set his hook and achieve a position from which I'm absolutely sure he would have gone on to claim the hammer he received a third foul, which brought the match to an end and a massive anticlimactic finish. Harris went on with the hammer. Many people went home with a bitter taste in their mouth, feeling that ultimately 
the title match and a match of this magnitude deserved a more fitting and definitive conclusion. One thing I think everyone can agree upon is that we would have liked to see this match decided on pins, not on fouls. So let's find out a little bit more about this match from the people who actually contested it. Joining me now is Tulsa, Oklahoma's own Hailraiser Jeff Hale. I'm biased. You know he's one of my favourites. He'll always be one of my favourites. It's my man, Jeff Hale. The Hailraiser. Jeff, how are you doing, mate? What's up, Nez? Well, I'm probably doing a bit better than you right about now, mate. I mean, you've had one of those days where unless you've sort of, uh, you know, stubbed your toe on a door or trapped something you didn't want to trap in your zip, uh, you've you've probably topped out. I mean, you came criminally close to winning the hammer. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I don't feel like I lost the hammer, to be honest with you. Mm. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, it was just uh, it was a wild ride for sure. I was very confident coming into this match. Uh, and in fact, I think that I think I displayed that in the first two matches. You match certainly one, did. I mean, I, let's be honest. Yeah. You, you talked about it before you talked about it before you, you actually came into 502. You, we, we spoke and I know you'd candidly said you were in a, in a different headspace. And I think the words you used at the time were you expect to win. And that yeah. seemed to be evident right from the moment you came out from backstage. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I had no doubt in my mind I was going to win that match. Now, let's just break this down a little bit, Jeff, because the first round match seemed to pass by without any issues, without any problems. And you dominate. I mean, you lit him up. I think, I don't know whether. He missed something. What went on there? What 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 went on, mate? Give me your your take on what was the difference maker there. We had a standard setup. I mean, a, a, a setup that you would you would find in any other type of event. I mean, it, there was no, there was nothing unordinary about this setup in, in round one. And I think the reason behind that, I, I think at least, is that he he wasn't afraid of me. I mean, I think he was ready to just go right through me, like I wasn't there. And so yeah. he set up with me right in the center of the table. No problems. And, I mean, as soon as he felt my power, whoo, he changed directions immediately. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and I struggled from there on out. I mean, match two, I, I gave him everything he wanted, and I did not complain about it at all because I was so confident I knew I could beat him again. And yeah. the only problem is I, you know, I blew up my hand doing it. <laughs> yeah. It did, I've got to say – you know, people make claims after matches, this, that, and the other. From watching the match, from the angle that we were permitted to see the match on camera, I've got to say, you genuinely did look like he had everything in the setup. The other comment that I would make is that it also seemed like you were being penalised for not keeping your elbow down when there was clearly an enormous amount of back pressure load going into that setup. I mean, that's what it appeared to, 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 to be like. Was that yeah. how you felt? Walk me oh through my... that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt like he was trying to create separation between our thumbs. He was pulling away from me and mm-hmm. rising at the same time. And now, so as I would try to, you know, fight against that, that and, and, pull, and try to force my elbow into the pad, it just would create more separation between him and I. So yeah. if I fought against him pulling me, then it created more separation and gave him a, a more leverage into my hand. And then if I didn't fight him, then they just fouled my ass. 
Did, did you believe that, or do you feel that the majority of the outcome of the match was dictated by the rules, by the referees, or by Sam? Because, you know, Sam, you said, may have taken you a little lightly in that first round. Your hat has to come off to Sam Harris. And I know you inside out, Jeff, I know that, I'm sure that's how you feel. Sam, um, champion's response towards the latter stage of that match, he fought tooth and nail to keep that hammer. Any means necessary. You know, like I said before in the last podcast, I mean, he has done a very good job becoming a WAL puller. Yeah. He has mastered the setup. He's got a great move that's perfect for his style and his strengths, and he is very good at, at, at you know getting to his position using those techniques. Uh, you put me under any other organization's umbrella, I crush him 3-0. We don't even make it five rounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, I, I know I know I'm there. I just I personally struggle with the WAL, and and, and maybe it's because you know my hand's small and I'm not necessarily. Uh, I don't have the, the, the top roll strings that some of these other guys have. The tables give me fits. Those elbow pads are wh- horrible. I mean, horrible. Um, <laughs> and there's a lot just of just walk that, me through that specifically. What what is it with the elbow pads that you really dis, dis, dislike? They're like lar- They're like big bubbly trampolines. Is what they are. Mm-hmm. If you if you push your, if you pull yourself down that into that pad, it wants to shoot you back off the pad. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it, and plus the tables. Combined with those round pads, it's like a, it's taller. It's a taller table than I'm normal than I than I'm like than I typically train on. Yep. I train on a Mazarinko table, which is the WAF standard, and that's mm-hmm. I'm very comfortable with that height and everything. This is yep. a taller table, so I actually came in with like different shoes this time to try to get a little bit of height on that table, and it helped a little bit. But I'm I was still on my tiptoes, both feet, just struggling to have some height yep. on that table. To be honest, it seemed to me like the, the the issues you were facing didn't necessarily come in the match uh, itself. It came in the start of and the setup to the match. That's where all the things seemed to start going wrong for yourself after that first round. Straight, straight away in the second round, it was evident that everything in the setup had changed, and it didn't look like the, the it didn't look like the setups were as controlled as they potentially could have been. And that created a lot of problems there. Is yeah, that I how mean, it felt to yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think after match two, Sam Sam went into desperation mode. He over exaggerated his, his the, the setup, and he he got away with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's good good for him, whatever. But uh, I mean, it definitely it definitely messed my game up completely. Yep. I, I don't know why I thought I could come into this match. And ha- and get this a, a standard setup. I'm not sure why I was convinced I would get that because it, it, the same thing happened, you know, last year. It was the same as that feeling I had last year. It's just last year I wasn't quite as prepared. This year I was ready to ready to kill. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just I guess I just I just I'm, I'm struggling with the WAL setup. I, I got to come up with a, a new game plan, a different a different a different. Uh, training process for the WAL specifically because I can't take yeah. what I've done with the, the WF related rules and regulations and translate it to WAL. It just doesn't work for me personally. In the lightweight class right now, there are a serious line of killers coming in. Tom Holland, Giannis Amelins will go at it shortly. We've already seen Katowski up there. You've got to look at these guys and knowing what you know now about Sam Harris, 
Do you see Sam hanging on to that title, or do you think it's a matter of time? I'll tell you, if Sam can get away with the setup game that he got away with me, it's going to be hard to beat him. I'm telling you, it, it's, it was just so ridiculous, Neil. It's not even funny. It's, it, just, it just kills me to, to relive that moment again, you know, over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I honestly think that I have the strongest arm in the class. I don't think anybody has a stronger arm than I have in this class this year. It's, it, it, so I think it just comes down, comes down to playing the game, playing the setup game. Can you play the setup game well enough to get past someone's strength? And Sam's got a, he's got a good game. I don't know how he's going to fare against uh, Tony or Giannis. I know Tony's a strong dude like myself, and he's got a good top role. So maybe that's maybe that's a good match right there. Maybe that maybe that'll be the you know the kryptonite for Sam and the WAL. I don't know. Jeff, I want to I want to give you a hug, mate. I know you'll I know exactly how you'll feel right now, but I I also want to say, um, joking aside, I want to say thank you very much for entertaining us in the way you did and you always do. I know you converted a lot of people to Jeff Hale fans last night. I'm, I'm sure of that, mate. And I know you can be very proud of what you achieved at WL502. And uh, thank you very much for coming on the show uh, while the wounds are still raw, you know? Yeah, for sure. Neil, anytime, man. Okay, guys, we're just going to take a short break. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back in just a few. Hey guys, welcome back to the World Arm Wrestling League this week. Let's crack on with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like you to welcome back to the show the man who is still the WAL lightweight champion of the world, Mr. Sam Harris. So, ladies and gentlemen, now joining me on the show is the lightweight champion of the world, Sam Harris. Welcome back to the show, mate. Thank you, Neil. Good to be back. Well, it's fair to say that you got yourself into a right tear-up with Jeff Hale. This is the second time you guys uh, have met in Supermatch format in the WAL. But it's fair to say this one had a little, uh, little bit more excitement. A little bit more controversy, twists and turns. How was it for you, sweethearts? <laughs> wow. Um, I really came into this match confident. I thought I had it in the bag. I expected to go through this match um, 3-0 on my side. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just, I knew he was working hard, and I knew he came in trained, and he said that. But I also was training all year, and I am at my best. Yep. So I didn't. I just kind of, you know, rubbed that off my shoulder. Is he's working hard, so am I. It'll be the same way again. But absolutely, that was not the Jeff Hill I pulled last year. Mm-hmm. He was far, far stronger. His hand felt amazing. I mean, it, it's fair to say, um, when you're the champion and you've got the crosshairs. Uh, right across your forehead, everybody is gunning for you. Um, when you came out there and set up for the first round, it seemed like that was a sweet setup. You both seemed really happy. You both seemed content. You settled into that setup really, really good. Um, off the start, Jeff got a great anticipation there. He hit his hook. And I think that shocked everybody, probably shocked Jeff, seemed to shock you, and it certainly shocked everybody in the crowd. 
phenomenal pin. Place went crazy. The second round, you must have had to take some deep swallows there. You must have been thinking, okay, a little bit under fire. What was going through your mind post that first pin? Did you make a slight error that you were aware of? Or did Jeff just have too much in that position? What was going through your mind at that point, Sam? I, I wanted to test him out before I got in the straps. I prefer the straps, but mm -hmm. I wanted to test his hand out, see he was where he was like on the beginning. And it was just like he couldn't have started any more perfect or been any faster. Mm -hmm. And it's before I even kind of it, he was I was just bam into a hook. And I even thought, you know, leading into this, I, I kind of played every match out in my head how it would go. I thought if he put me in a hook, I'd just roll him right out. Not when he got in his position, I wasn't even close to rolling him out. He was deep inside and right where he wanted to be. And as soon as I tried to contest for a hook, I, I was already done. It was just so fast. It was yeah. a total shock to me. He seemed to engage his lower palm there and also drove very hard across you. He sort of engaged the tricep into that. He, he looked like he had more height than he did last time. And um, that explosivity for Jeff is always a weapon. Right. I knew he was had the side pressure, and I tried to palm him playing side pressure with him mm -hmm. first match. And even in the second match, I was still trying to use my side pressure against his and I was backing up and running away from him a little bit. That's not what you want to do against a guy coming at you and coming hard sideways. And mm -hmm. he just blew through my side pressure. And it wasn't even close. Now, it seemed like um, post that second pin, as we went into the third round, you really changed things dramatically. We could hear Dave Morocco shouting at you. You also adopted a pistol grip. You dropped that wrist back and the back pressure really started to come in. Now, once you got that first pin, was that a real turning point for you? Had Did you feel, I mean, often you can feel that sort of change point, the turning point in a match. I stopped going side pressure because I knew he was coming with that. So I was always practicing that practice, trying to block it. And that took away my hit. That took away my rotation, just trying to block his arm on sideways. So the third one, I went right back to my original style just hit for position and just concentrated on his hand, nothing else. Just taking his hand is what I went for the third time. And it worked perfect, and that's what I targeted the rest of it, just his hand. The last round, it seemed like, and you'd expect the intensity level to go up a great deal there, but we saw you get a foul. Jeff got two fouls before the start. Just, I mean, it's, it's easy for us to sit here and... and, and say what we believe was going on. What did you feel was going on, on in the match there? Were you were you doing anything differently there? Do you think it was just uh, nerves on Jeff's part, nerves on your own part? What was really going on up there? Was 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 Bart feeling it a little more? I, I felt it uh, a little bit, but I felt it coming from Jeff. He mm -hmm. was getting way more nervous. He would set up, and then he would switch his setup because something didn't feel right. He mm -hmm. didn't exactly know what he wanted to do, and I liked it. I just wanted to, you know, I just kept that pressure on him there. Anywhere he wanted to do, he was getting very, very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So the more he was talking, the more he was uncomfortable. I liked it. I knew exactly what I was going for that match again. And 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 he, when we got and I went to the strap, I, that's what I wanted. And I knew he didn't exactly want to be there. So the more uncomfortable, and he showed it, I think, a little too much. And I, and, I, and I caught on to it. 
So I, he was getting very uncomfortable. Well, one thing you did make a statement about in Baltimore, mate, is that whoever rises to the top of this chasing pack, that you are not going to be someone that it's easy to take the hammer away from. Sam, I want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your weekend to come on here and uh, spend time talking to us about the match. I want to congratulate you on uh, behalf of myself and everybody in the World Arm Wrestling League, and we look forward to seeing you in your next title defence, mate. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Neil. And we move our attention to the main event match of WAL 502 Heavyweight Division Clash between the Wild Horse, Matt Mask, and Toddzilla, Todd Hutchins. And exactly as advertised, I'm joined by the Wild Horse right now. Ladies and gents, the Wild Horse, Matt Mask, in the house, Matt. Losing sucks. I know you'll be down right now, but thanks for taking the time, mate. How's things back in Red Deer? Ah, uh, they're 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 going. <laughs> not <laughs> not as good as as they as I enjoy them to go, but uh, yeah, it's it's going. Let's just let's let's get into the nitty gritty, Matt. I mean, did you go in there thinking, Jesus, everybody expects me to win this, and this is no walkover? Uh, well, I was I, obviously I wanted to win, being my first match for the season. Uh, the pressure was there. Todd coming up, me, you know, I came up into the super heavyweights as well. But the added pressure of obviously wanting the win over somebody that is usually a smaller guy than me. Believe it or not, he actually weighed in heavier than me. So I believe the biggest but, Todd uh, we've ever seen. I, I'd say the biggest and and definitely the strongest. Like uh, I was talking to him afterwards and. And he was saying that his, uh, his side pressure strength has actually gone up since he's pulled since he's pulled Marcio last year at the mm -hmm. end of the season. He's gained 15 pounds of side pressure. Which and is a tremendous amount. It's, that's huge. Like it only takes uh, four to eight pounds of side pressure to, to break an arm. Yeah. So, so they, and when, you're, when you're stalemate, even with a person – one pound is is the matter of a win or a loss. So, yeah. so for Todd to have increased his side pressure by fifteen pounds, like he he hasn't leveled up one one level. He's he's gone up about three four levels since last season. And so, I think the other distinction that you've got to make here with somebody like Todd Hutchins, Jerry Cataret, people can say, okay, you know, if I if you're pulling a guy that that is a hundred percent committed to protecting the wrist and hand then if you take that wrist and hand off the center and you explode through it, you do massive damage. You really inflict problems on their strategy, on their technique, on their style. With Todd, you really don't. He'll give you that. So you ordinarily, you, you bust a guy like that, you're gaining two or three inches, you're in a very strong position. The funny thing is with Todd, it's almost like there's no power there and then it all rushes in at you and he's actually got his arm onto the A side. He's moved two inches to the A side and suddenly connects with all that power. So almost you get to a situation where in some respects it feels like you're doing a reverse curl. He gets you off your shoulder really effectively. Did, did that feel how it felt to you? I mean, it, it looked like there was a real shock factor there in the first start. I, just, like, I was trying to get his palm upside down, which which I did fairly successful. I was able to take his, his wrist. Mm -hmm. I didn't have quite the 
full hand control. I would have liked to have been higher. He was, he was manipulating that setup to his favor, uh, like, like what all of us try to do. He, of course. he just exploited it so much better than I was able to. My head wasn't quite there with what's going on in my personal life right now. It was kind of a shock to my system just before I got there. But, mm-hmm. uh, like, it, it was it was majority of it was in the setup. Like I couldn't, I, I knew what he was doing, but I couldn't figure out how to prevent him from doing it. The yep. way he was exploring, he was, uh, he wasn't, there wasn't much of a gap between our thumbs. He had more of his hand on my side. He was even on the beginning, he was slightly curved in with his pinky a bit on the, on the bottom of his hand. Now yep. I was trying to get higher up on his hand and, as I was doing that, he was constantly sucking his thumb back, so I wasn't able to get the higher position that I would have liked to have been able to expose his fingers a little more. So he, like he played, he played it perfectly. Like uh, hats off to Todd. He is honestly, I've I've never felt side pressure like that from anybody, yeah. and and me being in, like I was in a fairly comfortable position. Like when mm-hmm. they said go, I had my wrist cocked where I want. I didn't have my shoulder quite as engaged as I would have liked to. Yeah. But uh, like I've, you know, I've pulled Jerry last year and Jerry had me in his power on his side of the table and I was in a losing position and I was still able to pull through Jerry's power, be able to expose him, separate him from his shoulder and get on top of his arm. With Todd, it was there. <laughs> There was no, like, even I went to hit, and there was, wasn't was much given his arm. If I was to bet money on a match right now, as as strong as Jerry is, <laughs> I would honestly put my money on Todd Hutchins. You know what? That's, I love the side that. pressure and the <laughs> fucking arm he has right now is, yeah. it's on a different level. You know, I, like, I, and... I, uh... I love that match. I love Todd Jerry. I want to thank you for coming on the show. I know you've got a massive amount uh, going on at home at the moment. I um, I want to assure you it will not. That doesn't affect your career in the World Arm Wrestling League one bit going forward. I know I'm one of many who cannot wait to see your next match. You take time to heal up, to get your head back where it needs to be, mate. And um, as soon as you're ready to arm wrestle again, I know you'll be uh, you'll be getting invites and we'll be knocking on your door. The best map is, is yet to come. You guys are going to have to cut my arms off if you don't want me pull it anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> Never going to happen. Never going to happen. Not going to happen. There can be only one more guest on tonight's show. And maybe we save the very best till last. 502 heavyweight division. Who did you have? Were you a believer? Toddzilla Todd Hutchins did something very, very special. He tamed the wild horse. Welcome the awesome Toddzilla back to the show. Todd Hutchins is with us. Must be thrilled, Todd. Massive, massive win in Mary. Thanks, Neil. Welcome to Ohio. Good to see you again. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, mate. Uh, you got to be really pleased with that one because you were sort of uh, a little bit of an underdog, I think, on most people's card. Yeah, and, and not only that, but I don't want to. If you lose two in a row, the WAL stops calling you. So I was really worried about ending <laughs> this, you know, ending it in May. So I'm glad I'm glad it went my way at the end. 
Well, I think you've bought yourself certainly some time in that respect, mate. I don't think uh, your, your, your time on the WAL is expiring anytime soon. You've probably converted a great deal of fans over there. First question I wanted to get out, was it what you expected? Yeah, it, uh, his hit was what I was expecting. I was expecting to get hit over to 2 or 3 o'clock each time because I expected him to hit um, faster and harder than Marcio. Um the, the strength was always an unknown because he always looks like he's so freaking close to beating Devin. So I was really worried about his strength. But uh, when I got his hand, I think forcing him to come down so low made his hand seem a lot more mortal to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got a good hand, but I've gripped up with just scary, scary hands. And he, he's got a very good hand, but it's not a very scary hand in the grip. Um, yeah. And I was able to even... I was able to keep more of it against him than I was with Devin, you know, and I was afraid, you know, cause you got like with these tall people and this, and this table, the way it is, you got to be able to have something on top. And even though my hand went over, it didn't go over as far as it did with Devin. It doesn't look like that on video, mm -hmm. but I felt, I mean, to be honest to me, it felt like uh, I could have almost hooked off the start, you know? Now, as soon as everybody uh, who's competed at that level is aware that as soon as you grip for the first time, millions of information cells just drop straight down through your elbow and into your psyche. You're very aware of, okay, this is what I'm, this is what I'm going to get here. I think there was a great deal of uh, stories told, if you will, on that first hit. When you drove hard in, in the strap, I mean, obviously we knew you were going in there for the strap game. We'd spoken about that. You got what you were looking for. And I don't think anyone was under, in, under any illusions that that was going to happen, Matt included. Uh, I think everybody I spoke to acknowledged it, in fact. But I'm not sure everybody expected that first result off the first hit, because if anything, you seem to put Matt on the B side. He, he didn't really gain any ground. In fact, he gained a great deal more ground on the second start of, of uh, round one, when you got the elbow foul called. The first hit, I'm pretty sure you put him onto the B-side straight off the bat. Yeah, and that's when I got fouled on. And I was, uh, you know, when you're going up against somebody who's going to out-hit you, to me, I'm freakish scared. So I, I usually uh, overcompensate. You know? Okay. So then when you get an elbow foul, you got to slow everything down. But mm -hmm. that's the last thing you want to do with somebody faster and taller than you. So, yep. you know, it, it, it's that balancing act. But I had a good feeling that I could stop him above the pin pass. <laughs> and I had a good feeling I'd stop him without my palm being completely upward or my hand being completely busted back. Sure. And, and he also kind of stops pulling. He hits, and he, we get to about – two or three o'clock. I don't know if this is free advice to him or not, but at about two or three o'clock, it's like the force disappears, you know, from 12 o'clock to three o'clock, he's, you know, he's a freaking rocket ship. He's a top fuel dragster, but at three o'clock, he just, it's like the clutch slips or something like that. And it's yeah. like, and I'm waiting for another hit. I'm waiting for more. And I go, well, oh, fuck, man. If we're not, if you're not pulling anymore, then I will. You know? Let's be honest here, Todd. Did the comments or the wider belief that you were a massive underdog, did it affect you? Did you go in there and think that's kind of, I mean, how did it affect you? Did you go in there a little bit upset? Did you feel disrespected? Did you go, did it fire you up? Did you, did you I, give it I, more than you would have done? I didn't feel disrespected because in all honesty, I felt the, I felt I was the underdog against Ron and Marcio as well. 
So this is just, you know, actually what I'm scared of now is we just ran out of people under 300 pounds in this fucking weight class. So I'm worried about what happens next. Well, I'm going to give you and a I'm tip on that. Short, I'm, I'm the shortest, smallest guy in this class, and things get scarier every single time I have a match. Well, everybody out there might think I'm a bit nuts, but if I can influence anything, and, and you know, I've usually got a little bit of sway in there, my, I would love, love, love to see you run headlong into the gingerbread man. You and Jerry Cataret, oh my God. I'm not sure whether it's anybody else's radar, but it's certainly on mine. I would look, I think that is a battle. I can't, I couldn't wait to see that. It'd be amazing. That looks painful, but I, Jerry should get a shot at Michael Todd before he has to come down and pull the little guy, <laughs> I think. Um, uh, Jerry, fuck. I mean, when he gets, when he gets past, 1230 man he don't lose so the trick to beating jerry is is in the center todd i want to say thanks again mate congratulations outstanding win and uh, i look forward to speaking to you on here uh, very soon mate all the best have a good day thanks neil come back anytime guys we are out of time that wraps up the show for this week we can't fit any more in i just want to say a massive thank you to all my guests on this week's show to Paul Lynn, Jeff Hale, Sam Harris, Matt Mask, and Toddzilla, Todd Hutchins. A massive thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in, guys. My name's Neil Pickup. It's been emotional. Until next time, see you later, peeps. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and Wagering Week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.